Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I think it's pretty sad that it's taking me 34 years to find this product, the one that finally, finally works. But when I tell you I am obsessed with the new face sunscreen that I have found, I will preach about this product forever. So tell me more about it. So I've, first of all, before everyone freaks out, I've worn sunscreen on my face for my entire life. However, that sunscreen has typically been in makeup. And so like in my foundation or in the literal face moisturizer that I'm using, it's not like a sunscreen alone. Right. For sure. Sure. So I've been not wearing makeup like a lot the past like two years. And so I wanted just like a better sunscreen only kind of thing. So I wouldn't have to wear like my foundation in order to get sun protection, you know? And so the problem is, is that my face skin and my neck skin are like the most sensitive skins on my entire body. And they're like highly susceptible to breakouts and rash and reactions and all the things. Mm -hmm. And so sunscreens by and large make me break out and I hate them. And so I was kind of just at a loss. Well, then someone recommended Super Goop, if you've heard of it, it's a sunscreen brand. So I was using Super Goop, just their regular, it's their unscreen, I think is what it's called, sunscreen. And it's really great. It's so light. It literally applies like a primer. Like, you know how a primer is so Mm -hmm. soft, like baby soft. That's how it feels. So I've been using that for a long time, about a year, really love it. Well, then Liz, actually our friend Liz over at Woodsville Grove shared that Supergoop was having their friends and family sale a couple weeks ago, a month ago, or whatever. It's like 25% off however much sunscreen you wanted. And I was like, oh, well, let me see what else they have because I've literally only used that one product. So they have a tinted CC sunscreen cream find your color. It's like 40 or 50 SPF. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, well might as well. It'd be nice to have like a little bit of color on my face, even if I'm not wearing full on makeup. So I order it. It finally came in and I've been, that's like all I'm wearing today. It's mascara and that CC cream. That's it. And so I put it on. It's so lightweight. It doesn't make me break out. And if you guys have the weird issue with sunscreen where it like pills on your face. Oh, I hate that. This does not do like at all. You can rub this in and it doesn't do it. I still kind of dab it like, so it's sure. it doesn't do that, but it is the Holy grail of sunscreen and it doesn't smell and it feels so great. And their CC cream provides a little bit of color and coverage and I'm obsessed. So highly recommend. I love that for you. Well, 
<laughs> I feel like my product recommendation is both a product recommendation and a confession. Oh. <laughs> so, first of all, I have struggled to find a deodorant that works for me that like I feel confident in and most of it is because my family has a history of breast cancer and you know they talk about how aluminum sunscreens are can make you more susceptible. So I wanted an aluminum free version, but I on a whim decided to try I'm pretty I'd have to double check what brand it is, but it's 0% aluminum, but it's a spray deodorant. I've never had a spray deodorant in my life. My grandmother used to have a spray deodorant and I used to make fun of her. Is it like in an aerosol can? Yes. And it is so refreshing. What? You like spritz it under there after a shower. It's like a little cooling, but it's aluminum free, but it doesn't have any expectorant, ex, you know, yeah. the things that make it propellants. Yeah. So I don't know how they do. I think it's just pressurized yeah, or something. Yeah. I'm digging it, but huh. the confession I have to make is I have not worn scented anything for years and I started wearing like a body spray and I've started using a scented what do you call it body wash in the shower Mm -hmm. my body spray is from like this local boutique it was so cute and it smells like lavender but also not and it kind of reminds me of like Victoria's Secret back in the day I just (laughs) sprayed on my clothes But it's just been nice to like smell good recently. And then I'm obsessed on body wash side with the hairy stuff. Typically, it's the ones that are more for men. Yeah. But I don't care. (laughs) So, you know, I think the one I have right now is like harvest and it's like sense of suede or something. (laughs) But it's name sense like are just on one. Yeah, I don't know how they name them, but I really like the Harry's body wash. So anyway, funny. No, that's great. I started wearing perfume probably two years ago. I got this like, I think it's Dossier. It's D-O-S-S-I-E-R. And it's basically like a perfume company that knocks off high-end perfumes and recreates the fragrance and they're $29 perfumes. And so I love them. I bought two scents. I like alternate between them. And then I bought these like really cute travel perfume that you can refill yourself, which is really cool. You just like push it on and it like goes up into the container. I don't know how it works, but it works. And I love wearing perfume now because it's just, yeah, great. Smells good. I I don't think I have for like five or seven years. Yeah. No. So I'm feeling good about smelling good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of experimenting with new products, <laughs> we're going to roll into this incredible episode we recorded a while ago, but it is worth repeating. It's a philosophy we've lived by for a really long time here. And it's all about what does an experimental mindset mean? How can you harvest one in yourself? your team, your community, both professionally and personally. I think there are a lot of skill sets that you can pull out from this. So dig into this episode. And if you want to follow along with the show notes, don't forget that you can head to bossproject.com. 
Yeah. So we're going to be talking about how to develop an experimental mindset and really fostering that amongst yourself and your team. Now, I think before we can dive into what it is and how it works, I think it's important to think about how this came about. Mm -hmm. And for Emily and I both, I think there's this constant pull and push that comes with mixing, you know, the feeling side of yourself, the intuitive side of yourself with the analytical facts and the almost like the scientific view (laughs) on your business, what's working, what's not. And we both have always approached it in a slightly different way because that's just how we're hardwired as people. I think part of it comes up from the actual nature of how we were raised. Both my parents are engineers. Like they both think very well when they're in a healthy state, Mm -hmm. think very logically and dissect things in that way. And, you know, I feel like when Emily talks about her childhood, you talk about your mom just being intuitive and, you know, she's always been into more woo things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's allowed you to be in touch with a different side of yourself. Well, and I think being raised by people who like were confident in themselves that they would do anything to figure it out. So they would basically try anything to figure it out. They weren't afraid of doing the work or trying because at the end they knew they needed to figure it out and make it work. And that, I think that part of it fosters the like, well, let's just try it and see. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, you know, I think about when you're in school and, you know, they're talking to you about the scientific method and they're like, you need a hypothesis and then you need to like control things and move forward. But in the same way, what I get frustrated with is I see so many business owners who are just stewing in the planning and research phase that they never really get information that allows them to move one direction or another. Well, and what I see, because yes, that's a huge part of it. What I see and what I don't think I was prepared to see when we were working, started working with the level of clients that we work with inside the incubator is that there are people who've gotten themselves really far. And then like something happens that's not necessarily the exact way that they thought it would happen or the goal got pushed back a little bit or the goal changed. And they are so hung up in the mental headspace of like, I failed. I didn't do that right. This isn't going right. It isn't working. And how Mm -hmm. many times we've had to sit with our clients and be like, okay, let's just talk about the facts for a second. What actually happened? What's actually working? What are the actual results of this thing over here? Oh, this provides a completely different perspective than the story you were telling yourself. Right. And so what's actually the root issue here. And so that's honestly, those two pieces are what led us to create this specific training to talk about with our clients of how everything in your business is evolving, including your goals, the work that it takes to get there, the journey of how it looks to get there, the headspace that you need to be in, in order to get there and everything in between. And We can say all day long that business isn't linear and reaching your goal isn't linear, but until you're living that and have to evolve yourself, you don't really understand what that feels like. Yeah, I think we gave ourselves a timeline, most of us, Mm -hmm. and we started like working towards the thing and we may have reached challenges along the way and you in your younger years 
knew that you would have to kind of pivot or change course and you just auto-corrected, but you still had the same kind of path you were following. I think the interesting thing when I see people hit mid thirties and up, they've checked most of their life boxes. Now they could technically do anything Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's no like precedent for this is how it has to look. And because they're not following some guide map that someone defined for them in childhood, they're confused about what they want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they may make a decision about what they want or think about what they want and move towards something. And in the moment something doesn't work, they clam up like you're saying. And they're like, they forget that they've spent years fostering this idea of just like pivoting just a little bit or maneuvering just a little bit to change course. And instead, I see the pattern I see more often is when they meet those challenges, one of two things happens. They feel like they failed. And so then it completely derails their mindset. And then they really struggle to get moving again. Or they do succeed. And all of a sudden, it's not a challenge anymore. (laughs) And so then they're searching for new challenges. Mm -hmm. And instead of perfecting and continuing to scale what's already working, they're deciding it's not hard enough. And so they're literally breaking things that are effective. And it is really hard to watch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so instead, we want to kind of arm you with some thoughts and ideas around how can you practice being experimental in a way that like, decreases the that feeling of failure Mm -hmm. around information. And also gives you guidance for how can you incrementally move towards something that may feel like a really big goal Mm -hmm. or audacious thing you're moving towards. Yeah. So I want to share with you something that we helped our clients let go of or talked about letting go of inside this training. Mm -hmm. And I want to share it with you too, because I honestly think it has to start here after awareness of like, I don't want to keep doing this. What then do we need to let go before we can then do anything differently? And what we kind of narrowed it down to is, and I want you to kind of like take this as a mantra today is I will let go of the addiction to timeline, urgency, and speed. Because ultimately, that's what this comes down to. It's like what you were talking about. If we're checking all the boxes and we get those things done, and we're then trying to create more boxes for us to check on a timeline that we're creating for ourselves, no one else is creating that. So pressure, self-induced pressure, self-induced speed of just standards and goals that literally don't mean anything because you haven't actually dug deep into why that thing is important to you in the first place. And so if we can let go of the addiction to timeline, urgency, and speed, truly what opens up for you on the other side of that is exponential growth. And like, it feels like it's not true. (laughs) I think for me, most of it came down to speed. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't that I couldn't do the thing, right? but I needed to stop forcing this arbitrary timeline that was just self-manufactured completely. And when you continue to tell yourself things have to be a certain way on a certain timeline, then when you don't meet that, then you beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. And when you beat yourself up, you're just constantly starting over. And so I think there was some switch in us where 
and I don't know if it started with, I think it probably did. I think it started with, you, you do have to, before this can ultimately be effective, in my opinion, you have to disassociate the success or failures or wins or losses or income or loss of mm-hmm. revenue. You have to disassociate that from your personal self-worth. Yeah. Because if you constantly see the wins in your business as a personal reflection of self, while that can feel good when things are going really great, it's really dangerous when things are going against your favor. And so often what I see is this unrealistic expectation of what business should do over long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Like, Businesses should always be growing. Businesses should always be profitable. Businesses should always be moving in XYZ direction. And it's just like, it's unrealistic for a business to be profitable every single month. It's unrealistic for a business to make the same amount of money every single month. Mm -hmm. It's unrealistic for you to always be in a season of growth Mm -hmm. personally and financially. And so while it can feel good when it's good, if you continue to hold on to that, when it doesn't go the way you're planning, it can feel like a personal attack. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I remember that lesson being learned like in real time of, you know, you start your business and you see a lot of growth your first year, and then you can typically see a lot of growth the second year, even the third year. And we've talked about this, right. Of the unrealistic standards of the pressure to double your business year over year. And I think we get, I know this happens. We get congratulated and rewarded and you should be so proud of yourself for what you create in year one through three, because you start from nothing and you grow it to something that's paying you and maybe even your partner, maybe even a small team of employees or part-time contractors, whatever that may be for you. And everyone is giving you kudos. And you maintaining that seems like the opposite of you succeeding. But that is reality of a sustainable business that's here for the long term. And that is something that all of us can be striving for as a goal and that be perfectly good enough. Yeah, I think it's hard when perhaps, you know, you're often misunderstood for being in the business you're in in the first place. Like you you walk into the room at a holiday gathering. Like, what do you do? What do you do? And it's easier when things are always growing and getting bigger because when your business is feeling, I mean, really sustainable, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's a lot less entertaining to talk about to, especially outside people that don't understand your industry or exactly what you're doing. And so I just think it creates this unhealthy pressure, but people are in careers for decades and their jobs don't change. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily judge people in the same way as we judge small business owners, which is just unfortunate. But I have found that if you can do that disassociation and become less tied to the results one way or the other, Mm -hmm. then you can start to make these decisions weighing both the intuitive side and the factual side. And even still, sometimes facts lie. Like Mm -hmm. numbers can paint a picture. Well, y'all can interpret data to mean whatever you want it to mean. Mm -hmm. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? 
I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, that I mean, you can definitely make data sing different mm-hmm. praises, just like you do and, with your feelings and the stories mm-hmm. we tell ourselves. You can do the same yeah. thing with data, and I think for years I didn't believe that you could do that with data until it was mm-hmm. like, oh, like literally, we could tell these exact same facts and figures to someone else, and how they would interpret it is this way. Because ultimately, what we're doing is we take what the numbers are telling us and we interpret what that to mean about our business or our decisions or us. And that's the part that's up for interpretation. Yeah. So my goal would be that you don't make all decisions from just facts or from just feelings and you continue to be more and more aware Mm -hmm. 
of confirmation bias Mm -hmm. and you really arm yourself with what do you need to know and less of is this telling me the story I want to hear? Right, right. Well, because the decisions and the strategies that we decide to spend our time and energy on in our business, ultimately, it, it's an, a little art and science to we need to take both facts and feelings and use them to filter through each other. Like they're filtering in and out of each other. How do I feel about this thing? Discontinuing this strategy or this offer, or this product or this business or whatever it might be, feel good to me. How does it actually feel? And then what is the data actually telling you? Is it a profitable choice? Could it grow into something? Could it be something that is more sustainable? So there's mm-hmm. both facts and feelings that need to be really dug into when we're moving forward. And a lot of us live in one or the other innately. And so it's really easy to just linger on that. I'd love for you to share about a time, Emily, when you kind of made the switch from acting and making decisions from a place where you felt like you had to make the decision in the moment versus acting and making a decisions from the place of how you want your future self to be? I mean, I think that started to happen in the last couple of years, maybe a year and a half. I think that I do think that 2020 taught us a lot about our priorities and and what we do and don't want to do for the results that we do and we don't want. And I think that those that year and the years that followed have really forced us a lot to really be in check with like, what do I actually want to do to reach the things that I actually want? Like actually getting clear with both the facts and feelings for how you want to be in business. And I think it was that year and the subsequent years that I really lingered more into the feelings, which is kind of crazy when I'm like, I think I'm realizing this as I'm talking about it out loud. I definitely let the sense of urgency and timeline be my guiding light prior to then. And I would basically be in the camp of, I will do anything to reach that goal, no matter what, by the end of this year or by next year, within the next three years or whatever the timeline was. And I think those years really changed a lot of my like, wait, there's, I don't actually get a ribbon for reaching that goal in that timeline. That doesn't actually happen. And we're all just here, like trying to do our best and create a life that we actually love and be rewarded from the work that we do. And so if that's actually my goal, then how does that change my pace? How does it change how quickly I make decisions or feel rushed to make decisions? And then I think it was a little bit of, I got rewarded for taking a pause where we had a big decision coming up and it's, I'm not even thinking about anything specific, but you and I intentionally said, let's not make the decision today. Let's actually just wait. And I don't even think we waited that long. We've talked about this on the show too. We just like waited a couple of days or we took the weekend or whatever it might be. And something happened in that time frame that actually showed us we should make a different decision than the one that we were going to. And we would not have made that decision if we had rushed it. And so I think like getting the proof that that pause was worth it. Yeah. I think with that specifically, it's really easy to give yourself the mindset that, oh, well, I'm second guessing Mm -hmm, myself. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And thus, I'm making the improper decision. And sometimes time allows you to think from a different perspective or 
create a more long-term approach to how you would go about something. Now, not that I think you should linger necessarily either. Like Mm -mm. it could be the difference of a couple of days, but you don't necessarily always need to know instantly what's right or wrong. And I think part of this goes back to asking yourself, is my future self going to be proud of how I'm acting and making decisions right now? And the reason I pose that question is I think often, especially in the earlier stages of business, people are saying, man, like, why did I hustle so hard? Like, why did I spend so much time on this thing? Or like, I don't necessarily feel like that was worth it. Now, for me, if you asked me about the earlier stages of my business, I would be like, no, it was hard, but I am so thankful oh, yeah. that I went above and beyond mm-hmm. and worked extra hours and put more time and energy into building content because I know now that I am being rewarded for those actions I took and they were just more long-term actions. And so I do think it's important to, you don't want to assume one way about acting because it's easy to say, oh, well, I want a life for business. And thus I should always be leisurely and taking my time. And sometimes urgency is required. And, and so I think you can have different ways we can really dive into what it looks like to feel in alignment with Mm -hmm. that. And so you don't always have to assume going quickly is bad. If you can instead pose the question, is my future self going to be proud of how I'm currently acting? And sometimes that'll call into question ethics more than it will call into question behavior. Well, because I think that ethically in regards to yourself, like, are you ethically making the choice that's ethically right for you? Like, there are so many choices that business me today wouldn't make that I have made in the past because it doesn't feel good to me today. I don't regret having made the choice in the past because it helped build the foundation or it taught me a lesson or whatever. But that's also the art of choosing to have an experimental mindset is there's very, very little chances of an actual mistake really happening. Are there lessons that need to be learned? 100%. Are there things looking back on the years of our business where I'm like, I can pinpoint this thing right here. And I wish that I could go back and say, don't do that. Like make a different choice. But I'm only doing that because I know the lesson now. Would I always like to think about like the lessons that we learn in our years of being a business owner. Aren't you glad you learned it the year you did instead of year five, 10, 15, when it feels like the longer you get in business, there's more responsibility for you as the founder. There's quote unquote more to lose. There's maybe more people that you're impacting. And I like to think of like business Emily one through four of just this like teenager making all these like sometimes reckless choices just because it sounded fun and you could do it. And now we're, we're more mature and it's the filter of just because you can, should you? Right. And so I think in some ways, if you ask yourself, the question now, it's not necessarily to make a judgment on the past. Because in in many ways, I have very few regrets. Would I have made some different decisions with the intel I have now? Yes. But like, I don't regret the path I took, because it did allow me to learn all these other things that wouldn't have been possible if I had taken 
the first path or whatever. And so I think that's the real key here is when you foster an experimental mindset, nothing is a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nothing is a mistake. Everything's an experimentation. And so if everything's an experiment and nothing's a mistake, then all you can do is learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't regret. You can't fail. And dare I do a callback to one of my favorite episodes of us reclaiming the C word and every decision that you make in your business just has a consequence that you have to then live with. Those consequences can be exponential, exponentially positive, exponentially negative. That Mm -hmm. part doesn't matter. It just is a reality that you will then build because of that decision. And I would rather have the mindset of no matter what choice I make, no matter what the consequences of that choice, I'm confident in myself that I will craft a reality that feels good to me, that supports me, that serves me and you and my team and my creative energy and the people that I want to impact in this world. I am fully untethered from it has to look this way in order for me to feel those feelings. Yeah, I think that is the thing you have to wrap your head around is you're 99% of the time, I was debating on which 90% (laughs) it was, up there, okay? Nine out of 10 times or more, you're chasing a feeling not Uh a tangible reality. And so if you're chasing a feeling, there's a whole hell of a lot of ways you can achieve a feeling Mm -hmm. that are generally not the only timeline or the only way or the only set of decisions that could be made. You can reach a feeling a whole bunch of different ways. And, you know, I think that's so cool because I think part of it is that is why we're all on such different paths. Mm -hmm. Because I think in a lot of ways, we're chasing similar feelings most of the time. We both want to feel contentment. We both want to feel joy at times. We want to have happiness. We want to feel secure. Okay, well, feeling secure, joyful, happy, and content, there's a million and one ways to get there. Yeah. And well, and I remember having a conversation, this is not business related, but maybe even having this conversation with my best friend helped me look at every decision in a different way. It was when we were like at the cusp of, are we going to adopt again or not? And mm-hmm. are we going to go through the process? Cause it's actually more difficult than ever these days to do that. And it was going to take a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy, a lot of emotional time. Yeah. And I I just didn't know if I had any more to give. And we had already done a lot of the work and a lot of the emotional energy and some things changed because of laws and practices and COVID and everything else that was make, going to make it even more expensive and even harder, like much harder. And we kept just doing the ping pong in our brains of should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we. And I remember having a conversation with my best friend if she was like, what's the actual fear here? Like, what's the actual hesitation? And I was like, I'm truly afraid that I'm going to wake up when I'm like 70, 80 years old and be like, man, I really regret not pursuing, pursuing that. I regret not putting in the emotional energy then because I really wish I could reap the rewards of that, of making a different choice now. And she just pointed out like, life is just not like that. Life is just not like that. We will just, and this is one of the quotes that we put in our talk that I want to share with you. 
we are just committed to riding the highs and lows of the consequences of our decisions. And there will be highs and lows from every decision that we make, sometimes more than others. And we just are committed to then just riding that wave of life, of business, of finances, of family. There is no like actual regrets <laughs> that happen at the end of life. And I think there's a lot of pressure being put on people. You've heard it, right? You've heard all those like cheesy fake Facebook stories about like old people on their deathbed saying these were the top 15 things that they regret not doing. It's bullshit. Like that just doesn't That's happen. Not- It just doesn't happen because you wouldn't have the life that you have right now if you hadn't made the decisions that you've already made, period. And if you want to change something, then make a different decision. But ultimately, it's just a decision and consequences because of that decision. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we just remind ourselves that like we're still going to be here and existing and being able to just joyfully commit to being in the ins and outs of all the decisions and the consequences of the decisions that we make, that's all we can do ever. That's it. Yeah. And I think, you know, (laughs) if you've gone to a blockbuster recently and you started thinking about the metaverse and what your timeline might look (laughs) like and other other parallel versions of yourself, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, of course you could, regardless of if parallel universes exist or not, that's not the point I'm making. I think the set of decisions you've made up until this point defines who you are today. And you can make a different set of decisions from today that's going to set you on a totally different path. And you can think all day long about, well, if I had chosen this, then this is what my life would have potentially looked like. But you chose this. But you chose You're here. You're here. Right. So what are you going to do with the information today? And I think instead of going so far back and reflecting so much, I want you to use the reflection as a learning opportunity to decide moving forward. Because yeah. you can't change the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we all would love to wave a magic wand and remove some trauma from our childhood, <laughs> we can't. Okay. And so what do you want to do instead today based on the information you have. I saw this cool TikTok. I should have saved it. I don't think that I did, but it talked about, it was kind of about timelines and past, present, future. And we like to think of those like past, present, and future as like times and space and times in our life. But they actually like, they just don't exist. Past are literally just stories. They're memories. There aren't actual events. It is just the story of our own personal version of what that thing was and what it looked like and what it's it's also just your perception because every other's version is their their own own. yep and then we have future which literally doesn't exist again stories and it's hypotheticals and it's dreaming and it's maybe this right there's there is literally only right now there's not even 20 minutes ago that is still a story and so i think if we just try to like really figure out how can we set ourselves up to have a great future? Yes, let's be mindful. But like, what can we do today, right now to take action, to set ourselves up, like literally 20 minutes from now? <laughs> well, and I think a lot of what we're saying sounds really big. So to break it down and give you a really tangible action step here is let's reflect and take proper 
assessment of the past and figure out the learnings we want to have moving forward. And let's plan for the future that we want, but let's act in a way that's in alignment with the future that we want and is in alignment with how we want to get there because you can get there a whole bunch of different ways too. And if you want to take it slower, great. If you want to be more urgent about it and pour more money into it, great. If you want to use a team to get there, awesome. If you want to try this strategy, do it. If you want to try this strategy, fine. Like, But there's no right or wrong. And instead, we can continue to experiment. We can continue to move forward. And if you can be thinking about, because you know, I broke this down for a client recently, especially in the early stages when you are building the business and you don't yet have the team, I have to remind you that you're not just the CEO. You're not just the CEO who's planning 12 months, five years down the line. You also have to run the day-to-day operations of the business. You also likely have 10 other jobs that are not necessarily full-time. You're doing this little bit over here, this little bit over here, this little bit over here. And it can be really easy to get caught in the future self version and plan for it exclusively. But instead, if we can, you know, take inventory of that and then work on taking action, the action is what's going to move you forward. The action is what's going to give you learnings. The action is what's going to give you abilities to assess and continue to take these micro pivots because it's not about changing everything. Mm -mm. Ever. No. But if our strategies and goals and perceptions of those goals and how we feel about them and the timeline, if those didn't change because of what we were learning about ourselves, like then you're just not listening to yourself. Yeah. Pay attention. That's literally your job <laughs> to reassess yeah. because of how you're feeling and what you want. And that doesn't say anything bad about you or your business as you evolve. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.